This is React Podcast. I'm Chantastic. First and foremost, a very happy birthday to our good friend, React. Seven years and you're still the king. To celebrate seven years of React, we have a very special guest, Pete Hunt. He's the one who convinced all of us to give React just five minutes to reconsider our established front-end practices and see if separation of technologies was serving us as well as we thought. Pete tells us about the early days of React, its rocky community reception, Facebook's struggle to create meaningful open source, and betting big on CommonJS and a little-known bundler named Webpack. Before we dive in, let me tell you about Infinite Red. It's always good to have a friend who knows a lot about the technology you're using, especially when that friend understands how hard it can be to learn something for the first time. If you're building a React or React native app, Infinite Red is that friend. They want to help you finish and fix that app that will change your life. They've compassionately taught tens of thousands of developers through open source and their annual React Native conference, Chain React. Get the help you need and two free tickets to Chain React in 2021 when you start a new project. Referrals count as well. Visit reactpodcast.infinite.red and with their help, build a beautiful functional app today. Pete Hunt, welcome to React Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's super good to have you on because, uh, I mean, you you were the person who got me into React. Uh -huh. And I'm really excited to like kind of go back a little bit. You know, we're, we're coming up on six years of React. And uh, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to... To go through a little bit of the history, like when React wasn't a foregone conclusion as like the main front runner framework for the web, um, and you're the perfect person to talk to. So, uh, how are you? How are you doing right now? I know we're kind of like cooped up, but yeah, we're well. You know, other than the global pandemic, uh, everything's going great. Uh, but no, it looks like it's starting to starting to ease up a little bit. So I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm surviving. Fortunately, work uh, work at a tech company, so I'm able to still work and still work. And still yeah, be somewhat productive. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought we'd dive in to kind of the moment right after the announcement. So it's like May 2013, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, Tomo and uh, Jordan Walk had like just announced to JSConf, kind of like the big JavaScript conference at the time, like that that Facebook made a framework and. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, kind of like right at that moment, like, were you in the room? Were you close by? Were you like watching like remotely? How was that going? Yeah. So this is, this is a funny story and this is, um, what, six years old at this point? Uh, seven, yeah, almost, almost exactly actually. Yeah. 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 Um, so it, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to, my brain's going to start inserting things that didn't happen or, or <laughs> emphasize certain thing, but I'll, I'll do my best to, to give, uh, to give my account of it anyway. Um, so, so to, to put this into context, um, Facebook has a culture, or at least did back then of like all night hackathons and like working your, working your butt off. And, you know, I was in my, my mid twenties at the time and, and enjoyed kind of being a workaholic. And a lot of people that, that were, were, um, my coworkers were of like kind of a similar, similar mindset. And so, 
there wasn't an official React team, or, or if there was, most of the people working on React were not a part of it. Um, they were just kind of users of the, the framework within Facebook that were really passionate about it. And so we all wanted to open source this thing. Um, and so uh, people like um, Christopher Shadow, who I had worked with really closely on the photos team, me and him were working together. Um, this guy, Michael Lumens, uh, who was the designer at Instagram at the time, he actually designed the, the React logo. And we're, we're, we're like, okay, we're, we're going to open source this thing at JSConf. Uh, Tomo and Jordan Walk, the creator of it, are, are going to give this keynote. Um, so we were back at home base. We didn't go to the conference. Okay. And we were like doing the all night. The way I remember it was like an all night thing. Um, I think we, we probably didn't stay up all night, but we were working late, um, getting everything set up. So make sure that the Google group is set up. Make sure that the <laughs> website is ready to deploy the instant that they say the word React and put the website on the screen. Yeah. Uh, make sure that the, the documentation is exciting and there's right marketing thing on there. And, and we had a designer, like really good designer working with us, making a logo. It was just like, we, and we were so excited about this. We had worked, we'd been working with React for, um, for like a year at that point. Yeah. And this was like, we're about to show Warp Drive to the world and we're like we're super excited about it <laughs> and so there's this thing that we put our, our heart and soul into and, and if i remember correctly uh, like tim young um maybe was working on this as well uh who i think at at some point became the manager of the react team or one of the teams okay. uh, that pairs with react and so anyway we're really excited about it they're in florida um and we're watching a live stream and they go on they say um Hey, we've created this JavaScript framework called React, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Okay." <laughs> at this at the time, you know, there were a million different oh, yeah. JavaScript frameworks: Knockout, uh, Angular, Backbone, Ember, um, Dojo. I think just just before, like, uh, like Twitter, just a couple months before Twitter announced Flight, maybe mm -hmm. it it, just, it felt like. Everyone was going to have a, like their own bespoke framework, like at this at this time in history. Yes, yes, it was like a, a Cambrian explosion of <laughs> yeah. of all these different frameworks and, and all these like it was cool because there's like all these different ways to solve a problem. Yeah, um, and and so you had some that were very like web centric, like mm -hmm. um, Angular, for example, um, followed in like a long line of of um, of templating languages that would like add magic attributes to the page to kind of add some dynamism. And then you had backbone, which was kind of like a uh, taking the stuff that Apple was doing with key value observation. Anyway, the, the point yeah. is there's a lot of them. Right. Uh, and so they go and they announce this, this framework and everyone's kind of like, okay, this is another framework. And then Jordan goes, and I think this was like his, first and then last tech talk for like years <laughs> <laughs> and he goes and he's like thought about this problem so deeply he's a very smart guy very thoughtful guy very articulate person and he goes and he's like talking about all this really interesting stuff and then he shows xml in your javascript like these <laughs> like weird xml literals he's angry and the internet just like explodes and just hates it um, and we're, we're like kind of following along on Twitter. So you got to imagine us back at HQ where we had just hit the button when he said it's called react. Uh, someone sent us a Facebook message that said, go live now. We hit the button and then we watched the tweets roll in and everybody's just trashing this. Oh, no. <laughs> and we're 
we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> that wasn't what we were expecting. <laughs> so it was just a very funny moment. Um, and, you know, I can get into what happened after that, but that, that's kind of the, the vibe that, of, uh, of that evening. That's brutal. So, so it sounds like most of the hate was around JSX immediately. Is that kind of, is that pretty accurate? I mean, I think it's a number of things. Um, uh-huh. I mean, first of all, the, uh, yeah, I mean, people, people wanted separation of concerns. This was like a real yeah, yeah. kind of complete different way of thinking about separation of concerns yeah. and people didn't, um, weren't comfortable with that. Yeah. I think there were some other factors at play too. I mean, this was before, um, Facebook was kind of like this, like ultra hated tech company, um, which it kind <laughs> of is today. Uh, but you know, it still didn't have a great open source reputation. Right. Like it, as a tech company, it was kind of like, Oh, this really exciting tech startup that, that, um, that people were, I think were generally pretty supportive of mm-hmm. as a business, but in, in the open source community, you know, we had thrown so much crap over the wall and yeah. abandoned it. So I think there were yeah. like a bunch of people that didn't really like Facebook open source. Sure. Um, and also, I mean, think about like the way that I just described how we thought about it. Like, we had warp drive and we were like sharing it with everyone. Like that's <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little presumptuous. <laughs> right. And I think probably people picked up on, 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 on the presumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it, 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 if, if I remember correctly, like at the time, like it, angular had like a pretty like big head start in, in the, like the widespread adoption of a web framework. And Ember was like kind of picking up steam, but it wasn't nearly at the scale that like Angular was. Yeah, I mean, Angular um, was and still has a, a enormous amount of traction. Sure, yeah. Uh, but back then, I mean, it was um, you would just go look at Google Trends and like jQuery was was highly popular. But then there was this hockey stick growth of Angular that was starting to dwarf yeah. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was definitely kind of the the, the hotness back then. Yeah. And it is such a like such a different concept than than you know like you said there were so many different ideas like like core concepts and I think Angular was this kind of idea of how how can we augment HTML you know so that it could be like you know built for you know full size programs you know and Ember was I, I mean, it's kind of like the rails, I guess, of like, you know, it was just this kind of like pre-baked type of thing that you could just like start using and like start at the 40th floor and kind of like build up from there. And then React comes in with this like totally different concept of like, hey, we're giving you a component and that's it. And you're going to write it in this thing that's not a template language. It's like not quite JavaScript. It's not quite HTML. It's this new thing. And it kind of felt like maybe too much, I guess. Like, yeah, like this is too different than anything we've ever seen. So I, I figure we're doing this podcast because you want to hear about the, the olden days and, and interesting <laughs> tidbits of history that may be lost. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a really interesting one. Did you know that Facebook almost like Facebook acquired the company that that built Sproutcore, which became EmberJS? Oh, crazy. Yeah. Not a lot of people know that. Wow. Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> that's wild so at, like at, at what point in the like kind of like trajectory because there was sprout core uh fork to ember mm-hmm. and then was it like after after that or around that time so you know i'm not i don't really know that team personally and i don't have a ton of of like ember or sprout core insider info yeah but from what i can tell it was one of those acquisitions where 
Like some people came over and other people didn't. And I think the Sprout sure. Core team, it, it looked to me like it's split in half. Yeah. And half of them came to Facebook to work on other stuff. And half of them, I think, kind of became the Ember team. But there was all this like technology that that team had built that was pretty, um, yeah, pretty impressive. Now that was actually used pretty heavily, if I remember correctly, for um, MobileMe, which eventually became iCloud for Apple. I think, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So wild. Like how many, how many like overlapping stories there were at the time. So, um, so you have that that moment of defeat. You like press the go button. You think it's going to be like amazing. The world's going to get it immediately. Maybe you have a little bit of hubris, kind of like going into it. You kind of like kind of get smacked around a little bit on Twitter. Like, what do things look like like right after that? Like everyone regroups. Like they come back to headquarters, and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> well, um. I mean, it, it's it, it's definitely mixed emotions. Um, so, you know, on the one hand, we were we were definitely disappointed. Um, we 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 thought that this was going to be something that people really loved, and at least from where we were back, like we weren't we didn't go to the conference party and talk to people sure. about stuff. But just the public reaction to it was not like particularly interesting. It was like, oh. Mm. Uh, these guys don't understand separation of concerns uh, sure. and then let's talk about other things. You know, it, it wasn't like it didn't like it le- even create like an interesting dialogue. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of a bummer. But remember also at the time, like Facebook was the type of place that had, it literally had like pirate flags on the wall um, <laughs> and stuff like that. And we had just come off of like a huge war with Google over Google plus and, you know, feeling like we had just defeated the evil empire and we were like the young yeah. upstart start rebels or, or small upstart rebels. Um, I mean, it was a different world, right? Uh, sure. Yeah. And, uh, and so the types of people working on this stuff get motivated um, <laughs> when, when people kind of hate their thing or, or, yeah. or threaten it. So, so, you know, it was, it was definitely like weirdly motivating if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember like this kind of feeling of, you know, seeing it on Hacker News, everyone kind of like having the same complaint about it. And like even me, admittedly, I I saw it and right on the heels of, you know, Twitter's flight, I just kind of felt like, oh, everyone has to make their own framework. Like this is just the world that we live in. And I kind of had, I carried that opinion with me um, until your talk, uh, I think it was a few months after that, it was like October at JSConf EU. And uh, you kind of like emerged as like the React apologist, um, maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's a good way to put it. Like, and so I'm kind of curious, like what, like what it went into, like went into that talk and kind of um, the kind of like defense of React at that conference. So the way I remember it was I was, I was pretty disappointed and I was kind of like, remember I was early in my career, I didn't, I was still pretty stupid um, and not wise at all. But I was kind of like, you know, I'm I'm clearly, we threw a ton out there in this one talk. Yeah. And it was like way too much for like, like it it was just, there was a lot that was thrown out there all at once. Yep. Number one. Number two, uh, we didn't do a good job of like meeting people where they were. Mm. Um, And so I think that's, that was what's, really important. Like it wasn't about, you know, HTML and your JavaScript. It was like, <laughs> you didn't like, we didn't convince people that we looked at the world in the same way that they did, or like at least understood their point of view. 
Um, so I, you know, I, I thought that that was, that was a little bit of a disappointment. Um, but the way that it actually kind of came together was, you know, I, in the kind of weeks after that, there was, um, a, a group of us that were really leaned into the community. Um, again, I'm, I'm thinking about like me and, and Christopher Shadow specifically, yeah. uh, we would go on IRC in all hours of the day and night and rep- reply to people. Um, and that was actually really important because, uh, in a lot of our, our kind of early adopters were in Europe. And so we would answer a lot of their questions and go on Stack Overflow and answer the questions and go build a binding to require JS or whatever the tool is that people wanted the yeah. binding to. And we got really good at like answering people's questions and understanding their concerns. And we realized like there was just a, there's this whole lineage of how Facebook thought about building UIs mm. that was pretty diverged from how the rest of the world built them. And we had to like close that gap. And so we started like writing the documentation to address that. And we actually like pulled do- JSX out of the documentation because we said, Hey, we don't want you to focus on that. We want you to focus on like the, the, you know, your UI being a function of state. Sure. Basically that, that is the real interesting piece. And eventually I was sitting next to Tomo and I remember this vividly. Um, probably one of the most important moments of my career. I was just sitting there and Tomo was like, basically exasperated. He's like, I really don't want to do this stupid keynote at this stupid conference. <laughs> like, cause I remember like the last time he did one of these keynotes, he basically got booed off the stage. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, we're a sponsor. And so we have to do a keynote. And like, like you know, that's like a, a, a thing that gave us an opportunity. Give us. I was like, I literally overheard him. I was like, I'll do it. He's like, all right, fine, do it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Had you given conference talks at uh, like up to that point, or was this uh, one of your first? I had given one or two talks at like a college. Oh, okay. As part of like college recruiting. Wow. Here's like how PHP works, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing because I mean, for your first like, I guess like like global scale conference. I mean that's quite a talk. And so we're talking about um, the one at JSConf Europe. Yeah, rethinking uh, best practices. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I was just looking at it. It has like we, we had talked about it on Twitter, and so many people, like myself included, like that was the talk that got us to like 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 it clicked during that talk. I remember I remember specifically. It was like uh, I think you gave it in like you know October. It finally came out like online. And then um, I was, I had some chores to do in my garage. I was like, yeah, like, well, I'm out here. I might as well like, you know, hear what this react thing is about, like give it a fair shake. And I just remember like, I got n- nothing done <laughs> during that time in the garage. And I was just like, I get it. Like, like it took me this talk, but like, I get it. Now, all of it is so well, like spoken and well thought through. And it's, it's obvious that you had kind of gotten a lot of feedback from the community. What did creating that talk look like and what were your goals? Yep. So that, first of all, thanks. Uh, that's, that's a really <laughs> nice compliment. Um, so it's definitely nicer than the YouTube comments about my voice being raspy and like, get this guy a glass of water. It's like, I was so jet lagged. <laughs> I've never spoken in front of that many people before. Yeah. Okay. So the main thing was there was all these cool things about React that, that I thought were great. And people just had to get over the JSX thing. Yeah. So that, that was kind of, I, I guess the, the core thesis of it. Um, but really I was, I kind of came to the conclusion that 
I, I wanted to approach it like the problem backwards. So a lot of times when people do talks, they'll show you how to do hello world and they'll make it really easy <laughs> for you to get started. Right. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much what the react talk did. You built a sure. hello world, the, the original one built a hello world component and like people couldn't get past the, the JSX thing. Yeah. And so instead I was like, let's, let's make a talk where we just focus on making people care. <laughs> Like, let's have them come away from this, not knowing how to build an app, but just saying, oh, this is interesting. This is worth paying attention to. I'm going to go, like, go to the website and just check it out. Yeah. And, like, let's convince the community that maybe we're not dumb. Maybe, like, this is just a, a this might be a, a very different way of thinking about it, and it might not work for everybody. But at least it was, like, well thought through, and this is not some, you know, bad project or anything. Interesting. Now, I feel like there were so many like amazing takeaways that really like kind of set the foundation for like what it was that you were trying to like communicate. Um, and like even to the point of, you know, talking about like components versus templates, like the idea that, that our whole concept as an industry of separation cons- of concerns was around separation of technologies, not like actual concerns. And I remember that sticking with me is like, I guess, unique among the frameworks, because I think that frameworks are getting more and more paternal, you know, like, hey, you don't know how to structure your app. So we're going to take care of the hard work for you. And then you just put your codes in the edges. And then, you know, this big machine's going to take care of it for you. And the thing that really felt, I guess, empowering about your talk in React was that that notion of like, you're, you're the domain expert, like, you're a developer, we trust you to shoot yourself in the foot if that's what you want to do. <laughs> but we're giving you the tools to figure out what your own separation of concerns are, not just like the boundaries between technologies. How did that kind of, I guess you mentioned this being part of the history of like Facebook um, engineering up to that that point. Like how does this concept kind of like tie into what you were doing before React? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question, and there's there's a bunch of ways that you can go about that, but I think I think there's a couple of things. First, first of all, and and you know I don't I don't work at Facebook anymore. I haven't worked there for a long time. Sure, uh, I still hold a little bit of stock, but um, and I still have a lot of friends that work there. Um, but I'm I'm generally like a big fan of of Facebook, and I I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Um, and and so I you know take well, that you were part of the. Part of the engineering before, like the Facebook release, and so yeah. I, I mean, I, I was I was there for a bunch of really critical things early in my career, and I, yeah. I don't know. I just it was it was a great place to be, um, full, filled with great people. So uh, you know, some of some of what I say might like come off like a little overly positive or whatever, but it's how I, I really <laughs> feel about it. So what was I, I saying? So so there was a couple of things that that came together. Uh, first of all, Facebook was a product company, and uh, it was a startup engaged in a very difficult battle in a number of different dimensions. It was it was fighting Google for Google Plus. Um, it was trying to figure out revenue. Uh, it because it was about to IPO, and so trying to figure out, hey, do we sell ads? Do we sell Zynga coins? Like, how does this thing make money? And like every week, our metrics were getting worse. Uh, at least on photos, because yeah. people were buying smartphones and they were they were moving to use our pretty early iOS or Android app or mobile web or BlackBerry app, <laughs> and uh, 
they weren't uploading photos as much. They weren't like using newsfeed as much. We didn't like have ads on mobile. And so the demands being asked of engineering were actually quite high. And they're coming from Mark Zuckerberg, who's got a very particular vision and you can't really like hide behind a committee. Like he's like, get this thing done. Yeah. And like, I've got high standards go. So, so there's, there's one, one aspect of it, which is like, we got, we don't have time to like architecture astronaut anything. Like we're, they built the site on like PHP and MySQL, right? Like it's very right. <laughs> pragmatic type of place. Um, and so it's pretty rare to see something like, it's like a science project come out of a place like that at the time. So it was very yeah. pragmatic. So it had a lot of escape hatches in there. Like it didn't have to take over the whole page. It didn't, you know, you could put an old legacy code inside of React. You could put React <laughs> inside a legacy code. And then also the people that were around it, we had this combination of like, um, web oriented people and more like CS, uh, oriented people, not oh, that sure. web people aren't CS oriented, but like, sure. You know, you had people like Tom Okino who had worked on Moo tools and knew kind of everything there was to know about JavaScript at the time. And then you had some people come in kind of fresh, like Jordan, like me, uh, with CS backgrounds and not really knowing much about web development. And it created this, you know, interesting mix where we're like, Hey, you know, like, like somebody would say, Hey, like, shouldn't react have a templating layer? And Jordan would be like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would we do that? <laughs> sure, sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like no other UI framework fr- frameworks work like that except for the web. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, I, I think this plays to some of the things that you talked about in um, either that talk or a later talk where you're talking about the, the virtual DOM and how it really more, more than a, a web framework, it kind of modeled the way that like doom the the doom three engine worked it looked it was a lot more like a gaming engine uh Mm -hmm. than it was like a web framework yeah so that was i had been reading um the uh i forgot the name of the author but he he writes these these breakdowns of game engines and i worked a little bit on a game engine a long time ago and i was like oh there's a bunch of interesting parallels here and and jordan was like oh yeah i thought of all that stuff already um so so <laughs> you know jordan back in 2011 or 2010 maybe was like oh yeah this thing's going to run on native and it's and it's, we're going to have a, a bridge and it's going to be called react native and it's going to be you know uh, so he had just a lot laid of out the whole future like 10 years <laughs> of the future just in his head yeah yeah pretty much he, he had laid out a lot of this stuff so um he he was he was a very smart guy but so the one of the the big concerns within Facebook and once you got over and we, we, we managed to get people like online, like on Reddit and stuff. Oh, like to this point as well. And internally, a lot of people's concern with react was um, not the JavaScript in your, or the HTML in your JavaScript thing, but is this thing going to be fast enough? Like what is the performance ceiling? And so we had to make a lot of, we had to put those concerns at ease because the reality is for 90% of apps, React makes the right trade-off, right? Right. Um, and there's a 10% where it doesn't. And in that case, you use one of the escape hatches and, and do it whatever the right way is. But we had to convince people that like, for 90% of apps, it works. And um, we had to convince people, hey, we didn't just like create this architecture out of nowhere. <laughs> you know, you can look around and see examples of 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 similar approaches all over the place. And one place where it's really easy for you to read about it is the Doom 3 engine. Interesting. So a lot of people, I think, misinterpreted that or retroactively kind of misinterpreted it years later and say, hey, 
React was going around telling people that DOM was slow and the virtual DOM makes the DOM faster. <laughs> and it's not what I said. Um, Re- like React is like any abstraction. It adds a little bit of uh, indirection, which will reduce performance to some amount. But it's, you're much more likely to go on a happy path uh, when, you're, when you're using like a virtual DOM system uh, than when you're doing manual DOM mutations. That was the point. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm kind of curious, like through this process of trying to communicate something, like trying to like learn what your audience wants and kind of like speak to that. It seems like you've had a lot of moments where you'll say something and then it gets interpreted or like, you know, fixated on in a way that you didn't anticipate. And I'm kind of curious, like, what have you learned about messaging from this process of you know, like, you know, between, you know, JSX or like, you know, the, the, the comment about the DOM being slow, you know, all of these things that kind of like come back to bite you in the ass. Is that inevitable or is there a way to like curtail some of the the uh, irritation that comes back at you? Well, it's, it's a complicated question. And I think the short answer is it's inevitable. I, I think the the way you get better at it is, first of all, you don't blame other people for hearing it wrong it's like you blame yourself for saying it wrong. Sure. Even if they heard it wrong, if you take the <laughs> attitude that you said it wrong, uh, you're, you're just going to get better results. So, you know, one, one approach could be like, oh, like we're Facebook. We're so much smarter than everyone else. <laughs> and like these, these idiots at JSConf don't know anything. That's like one approach someone could take, but I don't think that would be, you know, I don't think that's correct, number one. And I don't think that would lead to a successful, uh, you know, framework, number two. Instead, saying, hey, maybe we didn't meet people where they were. Maybe we don't yeah. understand their concerns. Maybe actually the audience of web developers is pretty big and pretty diverse. And we have to actually like pick and choose which segments we want to talk to. Um, yeah. And so that's that's kind of an, another thing that I learned. Um, so, you know, like I know it's such a cliche to like talk about empathy on like tech podcasts, but like <laughs> it's it's actually really powerful tool for refining your communication. Like if you can't empathize with the person you're talking to, like you're not going to be able to convince them that they should try your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's something that I think, I think it's something we all face, right? Because there is that, that, that feeling inside of, you know, whether or not you've been doing this for, you know, like five years or like 20 years, you kind of feel like I came up with this thing because I know my domain like really well. And so like, you really need to like, trust me. And, um, it like, it, like it's a hard balance, right? Because sometimes like a lot of times you do know a problem better than somebody else, but communicating that and like having that empathy is what allows you to kind of like get on that same track instead of just people writing you off for like, Oh, well, you know, like you do this thing that we don't like by putting your templates inside of JavaScript. So like, see, ya, we're not interested. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's exactly right. So what is the so what did the team kind of like? How did the team start to develop? Because you mentioned it kind of like started from this hackathon. You had this idea, you showed it off, um, and then it seemed like maybe the the team around React and kind of Facebook's open source started to maybe develop from the core of like React getting popular. Yeah, I mean, like like anything, I, I think this is a classic example of a bunch of people that did a bunch of things to to create opportunities to get lucky and then got lucky. <laughs> so, you know, at like at the time it was like, it was good technology. There were a bunch of passionate users of it. Um, me included. I was like the first external user of it at Facebook. Um, besides like Jordan, 
basically, I think. Yeah. Maybe I was the second. And I ended up contributing a ton of code to the project um, as, as a result of that, built you know, a bunch of stuff for it. Um, so I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not like a dev evangelist. I was an engineer on the, on the team, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, all of us were really passionate about it because we had written code before and, uh, or written front ends, front ends before that's were a huge pain. And then react came and saved us a bunch of pain. Yeah. And we were like, Oh boy, we really want to be able to use this at our next jobs. Or, um, <laughs> we really think that people will, will really benefit a lot from this. So we wanted, we wanted to open source it. Um, Facebook did not want to open source it because anytime you're open sourcing IP, there's risk and yeah. lawyers kind of will default. They'll, they'll do their job of saying no. And then as engineers, we do our job of saying, no, oh, no, the answer is not no. The answer is yes, but with a couple of strings attached. So sure. what are the strings attached? Um, and, and so through the heroic efforts of, of Tom Okino and probably other people that I don't know, we were able to get approved, um, to open source it. And the lawyers went over my talk, by the way. And like, if you notice some weird phrasings of things <laughs> in that talk, it's because I'm not allowed to say certain words. <laughs> um, I think you're like render. You're not supposed to say. <laughs> no way. Render. Yeah. There's something like that. Uh, I think it was like, I said the word representation a lot, which was a stand-in for okay. something else. And I don't remember what that was. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like a rep- I think I remember like a representation of the DOM uh, or, or, or something like that. Yeah, I think we wanted to say like a mock DOM or something, but we couldn't say that for some reason. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. We, we got to a, a, a solution that we were happy with and, and legal was happy with. So, so Man, that's, that's so well. Now I remember, now that you mentioned uh, legal, like I feel like there was this constant battle about the like le- the open source licensing of react compared to other frameworks um and i know that you were like involved in a lot of those discussions but this was this was probably like one of the next big hurdles for react to overcome in in community adoption what like what was the licensing like at the time like it's since been mit but um what was licensing at the time it was like bsd clause three something yeah so just to be clear, I, I love Facebook at this point. Um, and so I was, I was on the outside, um, which means I don't have a confidentiality agreement about this. So <laughs> it, it, there's no confidentiality to break because um, I don't know any insider info. But uh, what it was at the time was it was a BSD license, which is generally considered like a nice open source license. Uh, but it had this patents clause attached to it um, where basically – from what I can tell, Facebook was in some patent fight with some other company or litigation. Sure. Um, and they, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, if you, if you don't defend your patent, if you don't actively defend your patent, um, you lose it effectively. Like, right. Cause, yeah. cause if, if then you go after another company, you say, Hey, you infringed my patent. The other company will say, Hey, you didn't like go after any of these other people for infringing your patent. So like, why are you singling me out? Sure. Um, it's kind of the way the patent system works. And, um, not that that's like a good thing. It's just kind of like how it works. Um, yeah. And so from what I can tell, they were in slap fight with somebody and um, they wanted to make sure that they didn't accidentally invalidate some patent. Fascinating. It's fascinating to me, like how much goes into like, I think even, you know, in the seven years since, you know, React became popular, I feel like there was a, 
there was also kind of like a big uprising of people open sourcing things. You know, the, the component model made it so easy to share code that like a lot of people kind of like jumped into open source for the very first time. They're like, Hey, I got this component that does this tiny little thing. And you know, a lot of people were joining that conversation. And, um, I felt like a lot of the industry was kind of like figuring this out at, at that time and like how hard it is for a company like Facebook to actually like just like decide to open source something like, you know, whoever at midnight, you know, just pushing code up to GitHub uh, decide. Yeah. You, you know how I, how I said we got lucky. Um, a couple of things came together at the exact same time. There was a brand new open source office or team that started at Facebook with this new guy, James Pierce, who did a ton of work to, to make that happen. Hmm. Paulo Shaughnessy was the, uh, the open source maintainer for a long time as well. And so they had like all these tooling and dashboards to be able to have like SLAs on pull requests. And so there were like alarms that would go off if pull requests got stale. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, just the existence of that office or of that, that team, uh, you know, made, helped make the case for open sourcing this and, and streamlined a lot of that. Uh, another thing was like Node.js, CommonJS module specification, NPM. These were all things that were starting to really take on. Yep. And one of the things that a lot of people forget is that when we launched React, there were like a bunch of competing module specifications. There was like, <laughs> yeah. a, there was AMD, there was UMD, there was CommonJS. There, there was like, I don't know if it was a module specification, but there was like a thing called component. There was a thing called like Bower. Well, I guess people still know Bower, but um, and we picked, we, we just went all in on common JS cause that was the one that we yeah. knew and we liked. And it, it was actually different than the, the module system that Facebook used internally. And, uh, I, I think we just kind of picked the, we bet on the right horse, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. another thing was like, we were building Instagram.com and we found this random open source project called Webpack, And we were like, all right, <laughs> let's use this thing. And, uh, and this guy, these these two engineers, um, Jonas Gephardt and uh, um, Nick Thompson, who were report, I, I kind of became a manager at that point. They were reporting to me, and and we we took this random open source project called Webpack, and we like made it work with React, and then we just kind of started recommending it to people as like, hey, here's how Instagram does it, and <laughs> then Webpack happened to be really good, <laughs> and so so like. You see what I mean about like how there was yeah. like all this stuff coming together at once. Yeah, yeah, it it really does. Like it, it felt like that was like a moment in in history, right? Like like so many things were happening, and so many th- like I, I feel like it was really important, you know, that re- the piece that React played in that too to like be able to share components, um, to share this like really tiny piece of like UI code coming together with, you know, Webpack, a way to be able to like bundle all of that together for the first time and kind of speak between the disparate module systems that no one had been able to figure out up to that point, like a standard, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's freaking nuts. Like how much happened like in that year of like 2013, 2014, how many things had to come together for the whole community to, to come up? Yeah. It's crazy. Like by 2015, kind of like a lot of the main tools that people use were established and then like 2015 was like es6 yep like typescript and and that then we're today right like like yeah there was just a very short period of time when just everything kind of started taking off that is it is crazy like it, it does feel like things 
Yeah, there was that like kind of like 18 month window maybe. And like ever since then, we've been kind of like, you know, making the tools like a little bit better. There's like a couple competitors in like, you know, the, the, the bundling space or, you know, whatnot. But, you know, we have the modules and React kind of like took off TypeScript, just like leapt ahead of anything else in that space. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of feels like, you know, with the exception of the the data layer, you know, with, you know, GraphQL and all the things that were happening in there, kind of like, we've been in that space for about five or six years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it, it's really interesting to reflect upon. Yeah. Um, because I think at, um, at this point, so, so jQuery was released in 2006 and react was released in 2013. Yeah. And so at, at, at this point we're about like equidistant from, <laughs> so, so like the react killer should be coming out right around now. By my math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If something's gonna happen, it's happening like you know this year, next year. But but I don't I don't see one right now. Yeah, actually, I'm kind of curious. Like, did you like as you were building this? You know, obviously you believe in the thing that you're building at the time, mm-hmm. and it you 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 do the best to solve the problem at hand, right? And so you knew this worked at Facebook, and it could work for other people. But did you have like that expectation or that that thought or that belief that this could be like? effectively like the de facto component model that people want to use, you know, for creating web applications. So I'll, I'll answer that in two ways. At some point early on, I said, when this is baked into the platform, that's when we'll know that we like, we did our job. And <laughs> when you see like Swift UI, yeah. which borrows a ton from React, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, was, I was so happy to see Swift UI come out. Because I was like, oh, it's finally been baked into the platform. Like, we, like, this is a, you know, the mark has been left on the world, I think. Yeah. And so I, that's, that's to me when I said, okay, finally, like, this thing is, is not just a, a trendy way to build apps. It's, it's, it's kind of a, a paradigm shift or, or, or whatever. <laughs> but that, that's one thing. I, I mean, the other thing was, was like at the time, though, like, there was that thought, but really this was, Hey, this technology is really cool. It helped me out a lot. Yeah. Let's go share it with everybody. Let's go. And then we just got in the the mode of listening to people's concerns and fixing them and yeah. rinsing and repeating over and over again. Yeah. Now I know a big um kind of test bed for you was re or building Instagram.com. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of I think you've mentioned in a couple of talks that like at least at the time, it was just one big React component. You kind of like took it as far as you could with like you know React and uh, and uh, Webpack. What was that process like? Kind of exploring these two kind of like newish technologies to like build out a high profile web application, kind of like for the first time. Uh, in terms of React and Webpack, yeah. Like, did you feel like a, I guess some like additional pressure? or like strain to really like kind of like prove these things? Um, or were you just kind of like having fun, excited to use these two things that you thought were like just really the future of the web? Yeah. So here, here's another small world thing. <laughs> um, one of the other engineers on the Instagram team uh, was this guy, Ben Newman, who now works on, who then eventually left Facebook, went to work in Meteor, now works in Apollo. So, <laughs> uh, and, and, Actually, like the the first bundler was I had written a hacky Python script to take the modules out of Facebook, like 
run a bunch of regular expressions to turn them into common JS modules and then concatenate them into like JavaScript bundles and then host them on, uh, on Instagram.com. And then Ben came in and, and started like introducing, um, I think he introduced required JS or something like that. Um, and, and started kind of like, you know, taking this previously hacky, like Python script and making a, making it better. And then eventually, um, once the team grew a little bit, we, we moved it over to Webpack. Uh, and then a lot of our bundling problems just kind of went away, which was, which was cool. But yeah, I mean, like we built Instagram.com was the first single page app. And so before that things like client side routing, yeah, you know, that was, that was new territory, <laughs> global state, yep. which previously um, was delegated to a legacy system at Facebook. Yeah. You know, how, how would you do that in a react first kind of environment? And um, actually what we did was we said, okay, we're going to have our models in backbone and then we're going to have our components subscribe to the, the backbone models. And it actually kind of worked for a while. Uh, <laughs> but eventually we just realized, Hey, we don't really need these backbone models. Let's just kind of hoist the state into the root component. We're going to have one component like per page. Um, we're going to have a little client side. What was it that we used? Like did we use page JS maybe. Okay. Some, some, client-side router, and then we just had all the state in, like, the top-level component. It actually worked for a while. Yeah. I, re- I remember, like, one of the first uh, things we did, it was, it was pretty, like, a fairly complex, like, kind of isolated problem. And having all the state in your root component, like, totally... It, I think that made me a believer about React because I was like, you know, this feels kind of, like, you know, like naughty and, like, messy, I guess, maybe, but, like, it works. I know where the data is, where it's coming from, where it's going. And like, that feels great. At the end of the day, I can fix my bugs and like sleep well at night. I, I know when I poke this, that thing happens. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Every time I poke this, that thing reliably happens. <laughs> that, that's all we really want, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like that was one of my favorite analogies of yours in, 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 um, in uh, Rethinking Best Practices was talking about how this is a lot like a server Right. Like, and it's gotten a little bit more complicated since, but like the idea that like you make a request and whatever's true at that time, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to see. And you didn't have this kind of notion of time that you had to deal with, which is like, well, how many times has the person clicked a, a increment? Like, and, uh, you know, is, is that page fresh or, you know, did we release code between, you know, the time that they clicked it the last time and today? <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, it makes so, it just it simplified so many things, especially if you yeah. were building complicated apps back then. You know, once you built your first kind of, you you wouldn't really get React and like to do MVC, but once you went sure. like a little beyond that, you were like, oh man, this is great. I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I know that React's changed a lot um, since that release, almost like seven years ago. I'm kind of curious. Um, I mean, obviously you were heavily involved in the design of the component model of the time. Uh, how do you feel about like how things have come? Like, do you feel a sense of nostalgia about like that first component model with like you know get initial state and all of those uh, methods? Oh yeah. Well, things are mostly better now. Like the fact that like so React was always designed to be statically typable by something like TypeScript or Flow mm-hmm. or Google Closure Compiler yeah. Advanced Mode. So. And that I think was one of the things that back then people didn't really care about, like so-called stringly typed uh, systems. <laughs> yep. um, 
were just kind of like like normal because people weren't really using type checkers. Yeah. So React was a little ahead of the time there. Uh, mix-ins on on um, like React classes really did suck. They were really bad. Yeah. Because you they were just like super hard to compose and pretty hacky and and you can probably find some of my old GitHub repos around and and see some of the sins that you had to commit to to make mixins work. Uh, so class components, you know, made things a lot better. You know, one I think one of my concerns is that I, I do think that hooks are hard to use for people. Hmm. Um, I know there's like the lint rule, and I know that yeah, like you can go read about algebraic effects, and there's a whole body of literature to support that. Um, and by the way, team working on it. Uh, there's some of my best friends, uh, and they're, yeah. they're really smart people. Um, and the like concurrent mode is a big deal. Yeah. And it's all in service of that. But, you know, I, I do worry sometimes that uh, people will stop using class components in favor of just functional components. And React kind of gets a little harder to use, I think. Yeah, it's, I, I think I, I've kind of commented on this as well that there was something I understand why we're going this direction, but like there was something so beautifully simple about like one way to write a component. <laughs> like mm-hmm. all you get is like react is a component. Here it is like do with it what you will. And um, it, it feels like having even just adding hooks as like an extra concept that you have to have kind of, degrades that simplicity a little bit like maybe the the code is smaller and like the code examples read more simply but there's something so beautifully pure about you get one thing and it's this and figure it out (laughs) i I think react did a decent job um like scaling down like like the original kind of open source release yeah you didn't have to know about immutability Mm -hmm. yeah you, you didn't really have to know you could kind of like be an okay JavaScript programmer and, and not shoot yourself in the foot too much. Like your app might be slower, right? Because you might have yeah. extra re-renders or something, but sure. Um, generally it, it, it worked pretty reliably. I think my, my main concern with, with hooks boils down to, I think a lot of people, a lot of developers still get trip, tripped up. You know, like if you have brace, brace, triple equals brace, brace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. How those are two new objects. And so they're, they're not the same object. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't get that or like, like easily miss that one. Yep. And in re in the older versions of react, um, that would just result in a slower app. And most of the time people didn't notice or care. Um, in the newer versions of react, it actually acts like the application will have different side effects and behave differently. In if you put that as like a dependency and use effect. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we're going off a little bit in the weeds, but that's <laughs> that's kind of that when when you talk about the the early simplicity of the thing, yeah, that that's what I think of is is it's you didn't really have to know those nuances, and now you kind of do. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It does. It, it adds some complexity, and I'm I'm really curious. I'm hopeful to see kind of what gets unlocked as like concurrent mode and suspense become you know a reality because I think that. It feels like right now we feel a lot of the pain without a whole like the whole benefit of like what we're moving towards. And I can't wait to see kind of those things start to come into play. So on that line, um, I'd love to know kind of like as we start to wrap up, like what are some things, you know, as someone who has kind of had an eye on the future 
of, of technology. What are some things that you're really excited about, like over the next kind of like three, five years, you know, as we enter that next period where something's going <laughs> to disrupt or replace, you know, what is now, um, like what's on the horizon for you? Well, that's a great question. So I, I like to jump around and, and work on a variety of stuff, first of all. So I, I think I, I've, I've kind of been out of the front end world actually for, for a good bit. Um, started a startup, uh, I did mostly back-end engineering there, um, and I ran a sales team there, which was a pretty interesting, um, different perspective. So a lot more product. Yeah, yeah, but but also like back-end, like some pretty hardcore back-end engineering for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, what were you using for that? Uh, Node.js, C++, and Python. Cool. Depending cool. on which part of the, the stack you're on. Now we're, we're mostly on Golang, but uh, we're... You know, at, at the time it was those three, and we had a little bit of rust in there because we just wanted to try it. <laughs> uh, you gotta, yeah. So, so I, I've got a a little bit of a weird perspective on things, I guess. But short answer is like TypeScript everywhere is a big deal. It's one. Everything else is lost. Let's <laughs> let's just go standardize on it. Um, I think there are some some interesting opportunities there. So, uh, uh, and I, I hope that people will listen to this and like build tools because I I don't want to build them. I want to use them. Um, so, <laughs> type aware refactoring tools. I think will be really cool. So, um, you know, for for example, let's say you have like a big call stack of functions, mm-hmm. and at the bottom you want access to some variable, and you have to manually pass it all the way through the call stack. Um, with the TypeScript compiler API, you can do that refactoring automatically, yeah. and you can do it incrementally. So, like on save, it only like scans the files that change. So, I think people should really dig into the TypeScript compiler API and just own it. Interesting. Um, and and really build interesting tools with it. I've done some of this stuff, and it's been it's just the best like tooling environment for any language. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with how well it's integrated into, you know, VS Code, the editor and, and whatnot. Um, where do people find out more information about that specifically, like the, the TypeScript compiler? So there's a there's a, a most people just use the wiki page called using the compiler API at, <laughs> okay. on the TypeScript site. Um, but there is a, a, a really neat library called TS Morph, mm-hmm. uh, TS-M-O-R-P-H, which is much better documented and has a lot of interesting and useful tools um, for playing around there. But I mean, you can do so many like type aware lint rules and and code generation. There's just yeah. refactoring tools. There's a lot that you can do there. Um, I also think WASM uh, is, is a huge um, untapped potential right now. Yeah. Awesome. Now, uh, what does the, what are things looking like for you right now? Um, kind of what are you working on? Uh, where are you looking to go over the next couple of years? Yeah. So, uh, right now, um, I guess since, since kind of rolling off of react, I started a company, uh, called smite, which was, uh, building, um, trust and safety as a service software. So, uh, basically like a, a system for identifying spam and abuse on websites and, um, and trying to automatically uh, take it down or, or provide kind of user interfaces for agents to do it. Uh, and since then, um, Twitter's acquired us and um, we're, at, we're at Twitter working on, on similar problems. So I, I would say right now, um, my focus was for a while on, uh, again, large scalable rules engine, basically, and, and trying to make that you know, more scalable, easier to use, safer to use, more auditable, those, those types of things. But uh, now I'm kind of splitting my time between that 
and um, our internal tools for content review. Awesome. Awesome. Which is a really interesting problem. Yeah, yeah. What got you uh, excited about that that line of work? So we started the company in 2014. Again, just like lucky because it became <laughs> such a hot topic like yeah. a year or two into the company. Um, so we really accidentally timed it. Um, I, I claim absolutely no credit for timing that. Um, I just thought it was um, a really technically interesting problem. And it was a thing that Instagram really struggled with during the acquisition mm-hmm. or right after the acquisition. And I was there for that. So yeah, it was, it just seemed to make sense as an independent company. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Cool. Well, Hey Pete, this has been amazing. I've, uh, I've been, I've really been happy to hear your kind of like side of the story, your recounting of this uh, kind of like really historic um, event. Uh, and so I'm grateful for you taking the time to, to chat with me today. Thank you. I, I really <laughs> enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, I am looking forward to uh, to listening to the episode and uh, and hopefully talking about it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, how can people find you uh, to kind of have that conversation on Twitter? Yeah, sure. I'm a uh, Floydophone um, on Twitter and uh, Floydophone uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's a story we might have to save for another time. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, thanks, Pete. Thanks. See ya. This has been episode 96 of React Podcast with Chantastic and Pete Hunt. Find the people and projects mentioned in this episode at reactpodcast.com slash 96. Thanks to our sponsor, Infinite Red. They are ready to come alongside you to help fix and finish that app you've been dreaming of and build it with great patterns and practices for the long haul. Visit reactpodcast.infinite.red to get expert help Two tickets to Chain React Comp in 2021 and a beautiful, functional app today. If you like this show, there's a fast, free way to demonstrate your support. Leave us a review on iTunes. It's the best way for you to let me know what you think we're doing right and what we can improve. Two to three minutes of your time helps us make the best show we possibly can. As always, links and show notes for all episodes are available at reactpodcast.com. This episode was edited by Mikhail Delport. It was produced by Mikhail Delport and Sarah Jackson at Spec, a network to help you level up in design and development. Check out spec.fm for other shows that are sure to fast track your career. I'm your friend Chantastic. Thanks for listening. We'll be in your ears again next week. Thank you.